Thank you very much for the welcome this evening. It is a joy to be able to come back. And even that statement, uh, considering all the COVID restrictions and uh, difficulties we've had in the past two, three years since I was here last, it's a joy to be able to make that statement. It is good to be able to come back and to be able to share with you something of what the Lord is doing down in Dublin. Thank you to everybody who has been praying for us and standing behind us and supporting the work down there that we're doing. I do want us to get to Dublin, uh, but first I want us to start with the Word of God. Uh, if you have a Bible there, there's, there's some there in the pews, it's page 983, Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 13, and I'm just going to, I lifted the wrong Bible before I came up, sorry. I'm from Dublin, we can do stuff like this. I noticed as well that we didn't start straight on the stroke of um, 7 o'clock. Made me feel right at home. Thank you so much for doing that. It was a nice touch. It worked well. I feel good. So Matthew chapter 16, starting to read from verse 13. This is the word of the Lord. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Amen. We know the Lord had his blessing to the reading of his word. We're in times of change, aren't we? Look at how much has changed in our world since the last time we was here. COVID, uh, Brexit, war in Ukraine, etc., etc. This was the day of change for Jesus and his disciples. He's in the region of Caesarea Philippi, very Gentile area of Israel in the Old Testament, the tribe of Dan. It's in the very north of Israel, as far north as you can go. And it's actually the highest point in Israel as well. Uh, the mountain that there, that's there, that's in that region, the highest mountain in all of Israel. And he goes there because he's, he's uh, staying away from the leaders of the Jews. He's uh, staying away from the large crowds. Uh, time is short. He's pouring himself into his disciples. So he asked them, who do people say I am? Oh, you're John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. In other words, you're one of the prophets. The public opinion is you're one of the prophets. And everybody has one, don't we? We all have an opinion. And people's opinion, who am I? Who do people say I am? Well, basically, Jesus, you're a prophet. You're one of the prophets. And then he takes it a step further. What about you? Who do you say I am? Peter jumps in, as Peter often did. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. They're in that place, on that mountain, for millennia. 
there had been temples to Baal, to Ashtoreth. Greeks came along, they built a big temple there to their god Pan. Uh, the Romans came along, they built another temple for Panaeus. Gods who had eyes but could not see. Hands that could not help, mouths that could not speak. Dead gods. And Peter confesses Jesus there as the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed art thou in the AV. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. This hasn't been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Except when you read in John's gospel, there were two disciples. It's John chapter 1, I believe. And there were two disciples of John the Baptist. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. Two disciples of John the Baptist, and they're following Jesus. And Jesus turns and says, what do you want? And the two disciples say, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, and you'll see. And they spend the rest of the day with Jesus. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, who's one of those two John the Baptist disciples, straight away goes and finds his brother Simon Peter. And what does he tell him? We have found the Christ. See, flesh and blood had revealed to Simon Peter. His brother told him. Flesh and blood did tell him. Jesus is the Christ. We found him. But Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. See, something deeper had happened. The Father in heaven had revealed to Peter a fresh revelation of the Christ. That the Christ is the Son of the living God. There in that area of temples of dead gods, he is the son of the living God. And he says, Jesus continues, I tell you that you are Peter. And we'll not go into Petra and Petros and who's the first pope and we'll not sift in through all of that just tonight. But Jesus continues and he gives the keys of the kingdom to the disciples. He gives them authority. This is a day of change. From this point on, something different is happening. He gives them authority. He's setting them up to become the leadership of the early church. Verse 21 that we didn't read earlier. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, and he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. This is the first time from this point on. It's a day of change. From this point on, Jesus is headed for the cross and his disciples are headed for the leadership of the church. And it all hinged on that one question. Who do you say I am? Do you know the answer to that question tonight? Personally, before we get to Dublin, it would be very remiss of me to tell you about people in Dublin before I say to you, do you know he who is the answer to that question? Do you know him tonight? Have you had that deeper revelation? Not just because your brother or your sister or your parents or your Sunday school teacher told you so that Jesus is the Christ. Have you had that deeper revelation? Is it personal for you tonight that you know that Jesus is the son of the God who lives in you? Do you know he who is the answer to the question? That's the message, the simple message we want to bring to people in Dublin. And down in Dublin, in communities, rough communities, inner city communities, where there's uh, five, times, uh, five times the national average of every type of abuse that you can imagine or wouldn't want to imagine. 
from alcohol abuse to wife abuse to child abuse, five times higher than the national average. One of the areas that we work in provides 10% of all the criminals in Irish prisons comes from this one estate of 30,000 people. Very rough area. But unless you get down and get dirty and get in there with them, that's when change happens. To be there face to face. And sometimes our outreach is social. Uh, we want to share the love of God in word and in deed. So sometimes it's in deed. Sometimes it's social. Like this past week, we were building a patio. And, uh, well, it's just called a, a shelter in my day, but it's now a, a pagoda. A bit of perspex over the top of the patio. It's a pagoda. But the garden, not very big, just full of rubbish, uh, dog dirt, and just a mess. And now it's transformed into a usable space. Very practical, very social, but they are with people, getting alongside people, but also sharing the word of God. Uh, that's one of our delights. And one of the big changes for us, our mission is uh, to see... A group of God's people come together in their local com uh, community to worship the true and living God in a way that is faithful to scripture, but to their class and their culture while reaching out to their own community. No point in saying to them, we're going to have a church service starting at 11 o'clock Sunday morning because nothing starts at the time you say it's. If, we, if you have a meeting at 11 o'clock in Dublin, that means you leave home at 11 o'clock. And the meeting starts when everybody's there. That's, it's different to here. Uh, so that's why I was happy that we didn't start straight on the stroke of seven tonight. That was brilliant. Um, fabulous. Well done. That, that's how you do it. Just get alongside people. And, and yeah. We praise God. One big change. That vision is starting to be fulfilled. We had been meeting once a month for what we call celebration. And celebration is where you get together and, uh, we, well, what you do on a Sunday morning, that's what we were doing. Um, singing praise to God, prayer, uh, word of God, uh, working our way through scripture. It's just once a month. Then we have an open time of sharing of the good things in our lives, the things we're thankful for. These people uh, go through lots of suicides, lots of crime, etc., etc. Heavy negative stuff. Their life is one crisis to the next emergency, to the next crisis, and it's like everything loads on them. It's a burden. Life is a burden. It's negative. There's nothing ever positive, but there is. There's the good things in your life that if you take a few moments just to think of them, you can identify so many good blessings and good things in your life. So from now on, here's a challenge for you, young and old alike. Every time you whinge and complain about something, from the weather to Brexit, you must also share one good thing that you're happy about. Try and balance it up a little bit. That's what we do at Celebration. We celebrate what's good in our lives. And then we have dinner. And it takes like three, four, five hours, and we just visit together and be together and share together. They came to me as restrictions were easing and said, Billy, we're fed up with this COVID and all the restrictions. We want to meet every week the way Christians do. So we'll get together in different homes, and we just want to start meeting together. And uh, you're, you're going to lead it. <laughs> Did you ever get a choice and stuff? No, you're just going to lead it, and that's just it. So we started meeting together in homes. A little change that I still get used to as I come north, 
uh, because we started meeting in the house, uh, the houses of different people in the group, and the first week we met, there was 12 people and myself. I thought, oh, there's a nice little yeah, biblical tie-in right there, 12 and 1. Let's go with that. Yes, thank you, Lord. We got 12 together. The houses aren't very big. It almost filled the space that we had anyway. And uh, we, we just started meeting together. The change for me was, because it was in a home, when we went to sing, we didn't stand up. Now we have a community center. It was the very last community center in this area of 30,000 people. The very last one. Every other one said, no, we can't have people like you meeting here. Because it's not every religion that you're doing. Well, you can't just have one religion. These are city council premises. So you must be all religions or none. We finally found the last one who accepted us and said, well, you can meet here on Sunday afternoon between 3 and 5, except on the second Sunday of every month, because that's the tea dance. And the old age pensioners are not going to give up their tea dance just to allow you to come and thank God for all the good stuff in your lives. So that's what we do. Celebration can still happen once a month in homes. The difference for me was when we were singing, we just sit. We don't stand up. So now that I come up north to church and you stand up to sing, I'm like, what are we doing? Now, you can tell me afterwards where the verse in the Bible says you must stand up when you sing praise to God. Because we want, in our vision, to have a group of God's people meet together to worship the true and living God in a way that's faithful to Scripture. If it says in Scripture that's what you do, we'll do it. If it doesn't say in Scripture, we ain't doing it, unless we feel like doing it. It might be better, it might be easier for you to sing when you stand up. Maybe that's why we do it. But if there's a verse, somebody show me where the verse is and then we'll change what we do in Dublin to be in line with Scripture. Meeting together each week. And we praise God, that core group, it might get up to 20, it could go down to 8. It's a small group, new people that start coming along that we haven't known before. Friends of friends, they are reaching out to their own community and people are starting to come in to that group. We also, uh, the last time I was here, probably had one life study. And that life study, it's you call it Bible study, the midweek. We get together for the midweek. And uh, we don't call it midweek, we call it life study because we're looking at our lives through the lens of the Bible. Is there something in the Bible that the Bible says that would change my life? Because studying the Word of God is about transformation. It's not about knowledge. It's about what's in here. And if in here says that thing in your life is wrong, change it. Well, you've got to change it. So that's what we do. And uh, we, uh, the, the Wednesday night group, the, this one that we had when it was here before, we've been studying through Ephesians. We just finished last week. And uh, it took us from September to last week to get through Ephesians. There was one week near the beginning, that wonderful uh, post, uh, verse 3 to verse 14, Ephesians chapter 1, the, at the end of the night, and it was like two hours. And it says, Billy, we're never going to get through Ephesians at this rate. You spent two hours talking about one word. Except it's not me talking, it's we all talk. We all share it. We all dig into it. And what is there in there that will transform your life and mine? We praise God uh, for that group. One guy uh, from the community wanted to come along. He's, a, uh, uh, he's in recovery and he wanted to come along. He's not a believer and I'm thinking, mm, I'd love him to come along. But, uh, he's not really going to get much out of digging deep in Ephesians, is he? He's, he's, he's nowhere near ready for there. So he said, well then, can you do a, a life study for me on Tuesday night? Like, we don't have a life study on Tuesday night. If we have a life study on Tuesday night, it's you and me. He says, well, that's okay. Don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. But is it okay? Can we do it on Tuesday? Well, it's going to be on Zoom. So that's, that's fair enough. 
So we, we start the first week, and there was him and seven of his friends. Now, they all just happened to be guys, all in recovery. So it's a totally uh, weird kind of a group. And uh, we, we was restrictions eased in one of the times. Uh, we got together for a barbecue, and uh, one guy who on screen looked about six foot tall. He must have been holding the camera like up here. When we actually met him, he's like four foot three. So Zoom doesn't give you everything. And anybody watching it, is anybody watching on Zoom now? No, well then we're good. But uh, Zoom doesn't give you everything, does it? It's not quite the same as getting together with people. So Keith, he's the one, the original guy um, that wanted the life study. Uh, Keith has had a transformation and a change in his life. He, he wants to get baptized on camp in the summer. Come back to camps now in a moment or two. Um, but, but Keith... Uh, he brought along a friend called uh, uh, Mark, and uh, Mark came along, and he, he says, look, I, I became a, a heroin addict when I was 12, and I, I was an addict for 20 years, and just a few years ago, and I'm still in recovery, and I'm trying to find who I am. I'm on a journey of discovery of who I am, and he said, uh, you know, when I came off the drugs, I, I had to change my group of friends. I couldn't hang about with the junkies anymore. And I thought I'd find myself, when I had new friends, I'd find my identity in the new people that I, I would hang about with. But I, it didn't work. Um, and, and then um, 20 years of drug addiction had an impact on me physically, as well as every other way. So I joined the gym, thinking that when I would work out, and, and, and that, that I would help find my identity by physically changing myself. But that didn't work either. And then I got a job as well. And... Still, I still haven't found my identity. I still don't know who I am. And we were going through Ephesians, and, and, and I believe the Spirit of God just spoke to me. And it just came out to me without me even thinking it. I said, well, I'm not on a journey of discovery. I know exactly who I am. I am in Christ. How many times does Paul not say that in Ephesians? In Christ. You are in Christ. Boom, 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 in Christ. It just, you can't get away from being in Christ. I said, I'm my identity, I'm in Christ. Doesn't matter if you cut me open. I'm in Christ, that's who I am. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I want Christ in my life and I want to be like Christ and I'm talking about Jesus. And this other guy who's there, Jay, out and out atheist, only came to the group because he wanted to disrupt it and, and cause problems and ask difficult questions. Jay says, Billy, and I don't want anybody as good as young people here tonight. I know you'll understand, but these older folks down there, they're not going to understand this next statement. Jay says, Billy, I think you've got a man crush on Jesus. <laughs> and I thought about it for a minute. I thought, oh, you're all, <laughs> hold on here. Billy doesn't have man crushes. And I said, well, actually, yeah, I love Jesus and he's a man. So technically, yeah, that's a man crush, isn't it? So yeah, I've got a man crush on Jesus. If that's the way you want to understand it. And so Jay the atheist had a change in his life too. He now has a man crush on Jesus as well. And I praise God for that. Now his life is still up and down, a bit chaotic. But I praise God for people like Jay and Keith uh, wanting to be baptized now. Change for them happening in, in their lives as they answer the question. And they come to know he who is the answer to the question. But of course, um, as I mentioned, uh, everybody in that study was a fella. When the women found out, oh, the men are having a study of their own. It wasn't intended that way, it just happened that way, but not to, you can't explain that to a woman. 
So the women say, well, if, they're, if the men are having a study of their own on a Tuesday, Billy, you're going to be doing a study for us on Thursday night, and you're coming to such and such a house, and you, you can pick whatever you're going to study, but we're doing a, a study on Thursday night. Well, when women tell you you have to do something, men, of course, we all know we have to do it. And that was all the, that's all the way from the garden. She gave him the, the fruit, and he did eat. He'd done what he was told. We are who we are, all because of this issue. So Billy has to start doing life study on Thursday evening. And you know what? You know, whether it's out of jealousy or, or competition, um, we'll, we'll preach Christ. And we praise God for that, for women coming then on a Thursday evening. Three studies instead of the one from before. Uh, but those studies all feed into those social things that we do, and it feeds into camp in the summer. Uh, we thought we were going to have to abandon camp. COVID came along. You're not allowed to meet Irish government. No. Uh, restrictions and etc. So 2020, I had to tell everybody, sorry, camp just can't happen. What do you mean camp? We are having camp, they said to me. We are having camp. That one week on camp is the week that keeps us sane for the rest of the year. We, we can't live without being on camp. We have to have camp. We depend on having camp. The madness of our lives in Dublin, we need that week away. We have to have come. So I said, well, you're going to have to pray that God changes the mind of the Irish government so that we can have camp because we can't do a week-long camp and it be illegal. Came to August of 2020. Restrictions eased. Sunday night, 12 o'clock. Technically, we were illegal for eight hours because we started camp at four o'clock on Sunday. And okay, but nobody came and arrested us and dragged us off. It was okay. We managed just for eight hours being illegal. But we did all the hand washing and the two meters and all the separation stuff. And we were very careful and had masks and all sorts of stuff. And then stroke of midnight, we're all legal. And uh, we can get back to normal again. And we're able to have our camp. And we praise God. Now, if God can change the mind of the Irish government for something like that, woo! You, you, you folks in Northern Ireland can start praying stuff too, huh? For the Irish government. Anyway, that's a different sort of issue. We'll not go there. But uh, this past year, 2021, again, restrictions. So we said, okay, we'll have camp. If we're having camp, it's going to be on these dates. Coming up to the beginning of July, restrictions eased a week ahead of time this time. The timing was a lot better. Uh, you can have 50 people meet together. And so we were able to have 50 people on camp. Still didn't have volunteers coming to help us. That made camp an awful lot more difficult. You don't have a team. You've got to do an awful lot more stuff. You're doing all the speaking. You're trying to organize crafts. You're trying to organize everything by yourself. There's no team to do lots of stuff for you. No volunteers, so, but it has to happen. We got them to start doing more stuff as well. They started getting more involved. We praise God for that. Then as August arrived, you can have 100 people together. In a group. We had 100 people on camp. And we praise God that as we needed it, that's what we got. In 2020, uh, we, uh, we had an issue. Uh, the boiler broke down at Drewstown House. That's where we go to have our camps. And our, uh, men have a men's weekend down at Drewstown. Women have a weekend conference. Women just can't have a weekend away. They have to have a conference. And call it a lovely, sexy name. You, you, you can, you can, you're allowed to mention that word from the pulpit, sexy. Okay, good. This, that's the, yeah. We, women just don't do things the way men do, do you? It's, it's, it's a lot more complicated. 
I, I just, my wife, she's here. She told me to make sure I tell you that she's wonderful. So my wife is wonderful. I'm going to do what I was told. I get my hair cut for 14 euros. Hers costs 140. I mean, she's not got that much more hair than I have. But women's stuff is just different to men's stuff, and that's just the way the world is. Issue was, boiler breaks down. No hot water. Balamina man. Where's my reduction? You're charging us for, for hot water and there's no hot water. No, I didn't. It, just, it really just get into my heart. Because we've been teaching them that the Lord Jesus, when he taught, he said, if you believe, you can not only say to this fig tree, you can not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you can say to the mountain the fig tree was growing on, be cast into the sea and it will be done. Do you believe this? Do you know who is the answer to the question? Do you know him? And then we were teaching as well about Hudson Taylor, wonderful missionary to the Chinese. God's work done and God's way will never lack God's supply, OMF. And we were teaching this and I, now the boiler's broke down. It's going to cost five grand to get a new boiler. It's not my boiler, it's Drew Stein House's boiler. It doesn't belong to Dublin Family Outreach. But we just wanted to throw it out there, move, move to the Spirit of God to throw it out there. Here's a challenge for you people. By the end of the week, either we will get 5,000 euros to buy Drewstown House a new boiler, or you'll see a truck arrive in the, the car park there, and the back of that truck is going to be a new boiler for Drewstown House. Do you believe it? Because these are not just words in a dusty old book from 2,000 years ago. These aren't just words that a missionary said 200 years ago. These are words for you from the living God. Do you believe it? Do you know he who is the answer to the question, who do people say I am? That was Wednesday. Come to Friday. Still no boiler. In fact, I had to stand up in the last meeting on the Friday night and say, look, some bad news for you. Your man came out, the man that's going to put the boiler in when we do get the boiler, because there's no boiler yet, and he says, it's not 5,000. Well, it's 5,000 for that bit, but then you have to change the magnetic filter, and you have to change this pipe and that pipe and the other pipe. It's going to be 7,500 euros. But my phone had rung right as I'm just about to speak. And like I say, down in Dublin, if the phone rings, you just answer it. Now, if the phone rings tonight, don't you worry. You answer your phone if it rings right now. Just so long as whenever you answer it, you tell the people, look, I'm in church at the minute, come on down and join us. I'm going to be a cup of tea or whatever. Just come on down and then hang up. So I answered the phone and it's a friend from the north. And he says, Billy, I've been, I had a, a bit of money I saved up for you and I was meant to send it to you. And it just, I never got round to you and I've been setting aside a bit more money. I just feel moved to God to send it to you. Can you guess how much the money was? Was it 5,000? Was it 7,500? No, it was 7,800. Because our God is a great big wonderful God. He doesn't just give you the little bit you need. He gives you the little bit plus the bit more. But that wasn't the end of the story. Because the 7,500, whenever they come to start doing the work, builders, you know what builders is like. They tell you that price so you get them in. So it goes up to 11,500. It goes up to 23. It gets to 40,000. Do you think... He who is the answer to the question is able to supply that need. Well, he does. And the 40,000 is paid. And then the last bit of the bill comes in from the plumber. And the electrician still hasn't sent his bill just yet. Now, we have no money to pay those two bills. But we do have an answer. 
because we know he who is the answer to that question. We know he whose name is Jehovah Jireh. On the mountain of God it is said, it will be provided. Not maybe or could or if or but, it will be provided. Jesus says, I will build my church. It's not his church. It's not even your church. Church house, this is not their church. I will build. I, says Jesus, not Peter, not the disciples. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not stand against it. Right there behind him, at the base of that mountain, is a cave. It was there his day. It's still there today. And the tradition was that the demons would retreat down in through that cave into Hades, into hell. And they would stay there for the winter and come out again to torture the souls of the living. Guess what the cave is called? It's a visual. Visual aid. It's the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not stand against the church of Jesus Christ. The wisdom, the power, the craftiness, the schemes of hell will not stand against you. And it is powerful to come here tonight and to be in this space and not in the hall to see young, beautiful faces, vibrant faces, as well as the older, more mature faces. Some sadly passed away since the last time I was here. But you know what? The gates of hell will not prevail against you. What are your faith mountains tonight? What are the great things that you want to aspire to? Well, scrap them and think of bigger ones because your God is the living God. He wants you to challenge him to mighty things, things that are impossible for you. And he wants to do it for you for the display of his glory because that's who our God is. And we praise him and glorify him tonight for all that he's done down there in Dublin. We're looking forward to camps in the summer. The very first camp at Drewstown House started today. There's nine weeks, Sunday to Saturday, Sunday to Saturday, all the way through the, the summer, and we will run two of those. Families from Dublin, from those harsh and rough estates will come with us and be there on camp. We have teams coming from California, from New York, from upstate uh, Pennsylvania, coming over to help us, a few folks from the north of Ireland even. We don't turn anybody away, you know. As long as you know he who is the answer to the question, we'll have you on our camp. Just come. Oh, well, what qualifications do they need, Billy? <laughs> you don't need any qualifications. The only qualification is you know he who is the answer to the question and you have a personal relationship with him. But even if you never come near us, what are you going to do for him here in this place? I would love for you uh, to stay connected with us. Now, I'm old-fashioned. Young people, I'm sorry, but I can't... I, I can't Twit on Twitter and I, I, I can't TikTok and I just I, I still I still send out bits of paper four times a year to try and keep people up to and that's as much as I can manage and the older folks that's as much as they can manage to, to get from I'm from Ballymena so I really hate putting a stamp on an, an envelope to post it out four times a year but older folks like the bit of paper with a cup of tea and they read it through from cover to cover and that's great now that's a fun way of asking a serious thing as we close well, you stay in touch with us. If you want to receive that, those four times, I, I would love to email it. I can get as far as email, young people. You remember email. You know, you've moved on from email, but, you know, link back, open up your email account again. I'll send it on your email and I'll get it to you to keep you informed what God is doing. What's the next great thing, next great answer to prayer that he's going to give us down there in Dublin? You know, and it's not 40,000 for a heating system for somebody else. It's about Keith. It's about Jay. 
It's about a whole host of others that get baptised there at Drew's Town House in the summer. If you want to receive that, you have to take one of the little leaflets. That's to sponsor somebody to go and they come from areas where they can't really afford to go away that often. And so we would sponsor them to come away with us. We do charge them a little because if we charge them nothing, they treat it like nothing. So we charge a little and then we find sponsorship for the rest. You fill in the back of that. Even if you don't want to sponsor somebody, fill in the back of that and just say you want to receive this. You want to go on the list. You fill that one in. That means you have to take both pieces of paper. I know what's in them. There's no point in me taking them home. You may as well have one this evening. And this is the last funny thing from the Ballymena man. These two leaflets, absolutely free. I'll not charge you. I want to charge you five pound sterling for these two bits of paper. But I'll give you tonight's special offer absolutely free. Thank you so much, friends, tonight. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for standing with us. Your thoughts, your prayers, your support over the years and for the years to come till the Lord should return in the work of Dublin Family Outreach. Amen.